Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about regret and how that emotion relates to our personal Clubfoot treatment journey. And I started thinking about regret a little bit more deeply when I was reading Brene Brown's recent book, Atlas of the Heart. And to be honest, regret isn't an an emotion I've spent a lot of time contemplating or processing. I'm much more familiar with fear, anxiety, anger, guilt, or resentment. Those are more in my back pocket, in my wheelhouse. But I was reading a section, the section of her book about regret specifically, and it made me start to think about the things that I have regretted on our clubfoot treatment journey. And there's a section that she talks about how there's this popular saying out there that everyone kind of goes by, which is like, no regrets, like live with no regrets and how it's kind of a fallacy because if you don't have any regrets, have you learned from anything? And There's this one line that she said that said, to live without regret is to believe we have nothing to learn, no amends to make, and no opportunity to be braver with our lives. And for some reason, that just really resonated with me when it comes to what we've been through with our daughter. And not just specific things that I wish I would have done different that I regret not knowing more about or advocating more for specific treatment protocols. But it had honestly a lot more to do with things that I regret that I didn't do for me personally, like personal challenges that I faced along her journey that I didn't give myself more kindness or grace through. And It made me stop to think about what have I learned from the regret that I have and which things did I regret the most and what then have I learned from them? And then to take it a step further to go, okay, so now that I've learned something, I can't change what's happened in the past. So what do I do with what I've learned? How do I move forward and If there are really no amends to be made to myself, then where are the opportunities for growth by looking back at the things that I've regretted? So the first couple things I'm going to say that I regret specifically have to do with kind of her treatment. And the first was just not trusting my instinct about her original doctor from my original moment of doubt. I went into that consultation with her casting doctor, like I've said, and if you've been listening along or read my book, with like 75 questions of things that I wanted to ask during this consult. And as I've previously said too, there was just that one question. There was the answer to the one question that was the seed that planted the seed of doubt in my head. And it was about whether or not he'd ever referred out because the case was too complicated. 
And his answer was no, that he hadn't faced a such a challenging clubfoot that he had to refer to somebody else, which just gave me the second of pause. And I'm not going to say it was right or wrong or, but it just always came back no matter what. It was this thing in my head thinking, how could that be true? How could you only dedicate a small portion of your work to clubfoot, but never have to refer to somebody else or ask for, I don't know, I don't know, doctors, do they ask for advice or get a second opinion or refer out if it was too complicated? I just, there was something about the answer and maybe it was the tone in which it, which it was answered. I'm not really sure, but not trusting myself to know, okay, this, this is my instinct kicking in and maybe this isn't the right doctor for us. And as you guys have known from our story, like her casting went well. She, while the experience wasn't wholly educational and we didn't get as much information as we needed and there were, there was definitely room for improvement. Her feet were fully corrected after her casting and after her tonotomies. So what would, I guess, what do I regret? I don't know what I regret specifically in that situation, but just not tuning into myself more and learning like, okay, there is something here and I should pay attention to that more. And what I think I could learn from that is what is to, to cue into that more moving forward is to listening. And I think I did. I think as we started to get further in the process, and even to this day, I start to trust myself a little bit more, trust my knowledge of her, of what the treatment process is supposed to be, and my knowledge of her as her mom, and as her primary caregiver, and knowing what is best for her simply because I'm her mom. And trusting those instincts a little bit more. The second that has to do specifically with her was not advocating for a different tenotomy procedure. And this is twofold. So if you've listened to the tenotomy episode, you know that we just had the numbing cream and we didn't have a local injection. And I think part of it was because I just didn't do enough research before the tenotomy to understand that there were other options. I know that some doctors do it under general anesthesia, and I know that that wasn't something that we were looking for, uh, but I didn't know that there could be something other than just the numbing cream. I had just taken it at face value that this is the way it's done, and this is what we're going to do. And afterwards, uh, thinking back, I regret not looking more into it and then also not then pushing for something different or asking, saying, is there something else we could do? Is there the possibility of giving the numbing cream, then the local, and then doing the tenotomy? Um, I think that was just a mixture of not being educated enough about the process and the various options available to us and not speaking up and asking if there are other options or 
I, to be completely honest, I don't know if I, if I would have advocated for a different option, even if I knew there was one in the time, like in that moment, I think I probably just would have done what the doctor recommended, which is what I did. I don't know if I, if I would have known if I would have asked for something different, um, because the advocating journey for me has been one of growth. So it's getting easier as time goes on. But early on in the process, it took a lot for me to stand up and ask questions and to speak up on behalf of my, um, on behalf of my daughter. So I think if I was going to learn something from that, it would be to have researched different options and to speak up if there was something different out there. Now, the rest of my regrets really have to do with me personally. One of my biggest regrets is that I wasn't kinder to myself. And that was honestly part of the book of in Brene's book where it said a lot of things that we regret are missed opportunities for kindness and not just kindness for other people, but kindness for yourself. And I don't think I was very kind to myself during that 23 hour transition to boots and bar. I think I was really hard on myself and looking back on it, I had very high expectations for myself and I didn't do a lot to care for myself and to be kind and gracious and understanding of how difficult it was and acknowledging that the experience was more challenging than I had expected and not giving myself the kindness that I deserve. And I wish I could go back and redo that for myself and give that mom a big hug, my old self. And it's funny because I think about her a lot. She drives a lot of what I do is that mom in 23-hour wear, that person that I was. And how big of a struggle it was for me is something that's always on the forefront of why I continue to do the things that I do and the work that I do. I think another aspect was not asking or accepting help when I needed it or when it was offered to me. I didn't do that at all. And honestly, it's still a major struggle for me, accepting help for me, when people offer to help, I am reluctant because I don't want to put other people out. I don't want to feel like I'm imposing on them. I'm making life more difficult for them. I'm um, whatever it is. I, there's this thing in my mind that if I accept help from somebody, I'm making their life harder because they're helping me. I'm adding more to their burden. And that's not what I want to do. And that was a huge part of why I didn't accept a lot of help during that first real transition to Boots and Bar. I really just powered through um, 
I guess, soldiered on. I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't ask for help because, well, part of it is when you're in a traumatic experience and you're going through a lot and you're in this state of overwhelm, you don't really even know what you need for help. So that's part of it. I didn't really know what I needed and I didn't know what people could do to help. But I also didn't want to accept help when it was offered because I didn't want to make life harder for anybody else. Like life was hard enough and I felt like I could just figure it out and I didn't need to extend the hardness to anybody else. But I regret not letting people be there for me more because I think it would have helped them understand what I was going through and it would have provided deeper connections with the people around me. I don't, I think that was a missed opportunity for me And something that I've learned through the work that I've started doing is the connection aspect is so important and so powerful that I really think I could have benefited from those connections during that time. And one of my last regrets of that first period was just not recognizing that my postpartum anxiety had kind of gotten out of out of hand, like out of my control, I want to say, but more just that I needed more help um, than I was getting at that time. I wish I would have been a little bit more clued in to my experience and what my emotional journey was was at that moment um, and that I could have reached out, started going to therapy and doing that a little bit earlier. There were mo- there was like a moment where I realized, I think we were waiting. We were waiting so long to get our second opinion and to get the all clear and to like know that her feet were fully corrected. And I thought, okay, once that's done, like my anxiety is just going to be gone. Like I'm going to be good. But the reality was, that wasn't the case. We came home and we had the all clear and the anxiety was still there and it wasn't going away. It was like this heightened sense of myself and everything around me and worst case scenario living all the time. And you know, there was a moment where kind of my husband and my mom were both just like, okay, yeah, like I, I recognize that this probably is more than just normal behavior for my wife or my daughter, right? Like this is, this is outside of just worrying about her feet. It's a bigger issue that we need to address. And once I started getting help through therapy, I really started to be able to turn a corner with that and get more of a handle on it and be able to, I guess, be kinder to myself, right? And to get the help that I needed. So those are some of the regrets that I had on my clubfoot journey. And just looking back, I think that there's so much learning that lives in the regret. And it's that learning that allows for growth. So I encouraged all of you parents and clubfoot caregivers out there who are listening to think about any regrets that you may have had 
over the course of your child's treatment and what you could have learned from it. And then maybe pass that knowledge on to someone else. I think learning, like I said earlier, isn't going to change what happened for me. So the regret isn't about making amends for that situation, but it's about how can I take what I've learned and then pay it forward. And I think that that's something that I've strive to do is to share my experience and the hopes that by sharing someone else can connect with that experience and then learn from it on their own and then hopefully share their experience so that other people can learn from them too. So as always, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe, follow, or share it. And if you'd like to get in contact with me, you can always do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or my Instagram page, which is at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.